to the Better Me Podcast. I am your host, Jen, and just a friendly reminder, I'm merely a curious girl looking for a platform to chat, learn, and dish. I'm not a professional therapist or claim to be an expert. Also, in every episode, I can't assure you this is at all appropriate for children, so be aware of that when starting to listen. And with that, let's work on being a better me. Hi, and welcome to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen, and on today's episode, I am joined by my stepdaughter, Heather, and we are going to be talking about the impact of divorce um, with kids and about dating after divorce and kind of, you know, what sort of things that you need to think about when you are splitting up from your spouse. Um, What kind of impact that has on you and your children and how you move forward in the future. Uh, We are excited to kind of talk all this out and I want to say thank you for all of your ratings and reviews. I also want to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, to please rate and review and subscribe. It helps me out tremendously. Um, Also, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out at bettermepodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, bettermepodcast. So I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I will be joined by Heather. And welcome to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen, and I am joined today by my stepdaughter, Heather. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about um, divorce and dating after divorce and with kids. Um, we have kind of explored this topic a little bit. But it'll be kind of a surprise for both of us, I think, where this ends up going. So (laughs) um, let's just start out. Why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Okay. So I am a 35-year-old single mom who shares custody of my two little boys with their dad 50-50. I've been a principal for three years, so that keeps me pretty busy when I don't have the kids. Uh, We've been divorced for two years now. And that has been a new set of challenges. (laughs) For sure. So um, let's go back. And how long were you married? We were together for 10 and married for six. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure that it probably didn't come out of nowhere. No. I mean, I think for the people around you, maybe it felt that way. But uh, so what sort of led up to the idea that like this is my only option yeah so it it was a long time coming we tried a number of therapists um usually it would be a couple of times that he would come and then it wouldn't continue and I would continue I have a lot of self-growth that I need to do even I mean I think we all do sure but um I think it finally came um time for the longest time I thought about it but I knew I couldn't support my kids the way I wanted to support them Mm -hmm. by leaving and so when I got my new job, I finally had the financial freedom to support them. And I, I realized that I could be happy 
instead of just putting my kids' happiness first. Right. We could have, we could have both. Well, and I think that a lot of people probably that's their reason for staying a lot of times and a lot of times that's the wrong decision to make yeah. because kids know when things aren't good. Yeah. The boys even, the boys have said the reason you guys got divorced is because you fight so, fought, fought so much. Mm-hmm. And I, the other big factor was we were about to build a house and I knew we had bought a house prior to getting married. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a critical element of why we stayed together. Even when there were signs, clear red flags that we shouldn't be together. We had this house together. And again, that financial commitment, nobody could afford the house by themselves, that kind of thing. So I didn't want to get locked into another situation like that. That we right. were two weeks away from breaking ground on this house we were supposed to build. <laughs> well, and I think that's why it maybe felt like it came out of nowhere to the people around you, um, myself included, and your dad. We were both really surprised. And not that we didn't think that there were problems, but just that, you know, it was almost, it felt like such a snap decision. Yeah. And honestly, like in hindsight, I think it, it really was. I started to, I got, I got the feeling of what it was like to not have that burden of this unloving marriage. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go back to that feeling anymore. Um, I, for so long, like, like somebody asked me as I was getting divorced, well, what about like him having a relationship or a sexual relationship with somebody else? And they, I literally didn't bother me. I could imagine him having sex with somebody else and it didn't bother me. Wow. Well, that's a telltale. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, for me emotionally, it was a few years coming mm-hmm. um, for him. Although I had talked about it with him, it was that's like I kept coming back I kept saying well I'm gonna leave and I never did mm-hmm. and so he didn't think I don't think he ever thought it would actually happen right um but for me emotionally it had it had run its course and I was just going through the day-to-day of taking care of the kids and just doing what stereotypical wives and mothers are supposed to do right but um the the actual marriage itself just wasn't, it wasn't the two of you anymore. It was all about the kids. Exactly. Uh, honestly, like, I don't, I don't recall besides like that first initial, like lusting stage that it was ever us together. Mm-hmm. And even that, if I look back on now with my 35 year old eyes, it wasn't, it wasn't a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, so even friends have said you never got, you guys never did anything together as a family or t- just the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so was, maybe you were lacking in like a certain kind of like passionate relationship. Oh yeah, there definitely. This was an argument we constantly had. I said we needed time together and like the quality time together because he said, "Oh, we're in the grocery store is time together." I'm like, but I I like quality time. <laughs> My love language. My very first one is quality time, uh-huh. and and. And I said, that's what I need to want to have sex. And he's like, well, I want to have sex in order to do that. And so it was this like, how do we, and so we tried therapy, but it just, it never, it never came out of that. We couldn't. And eventually I was so far and I am a very guarded person. So you hurt me and I just start building up this wall. And eventually 
that wall doesn't come back down. Right. I can totally relate to that, actually. Um, but I think that a lot of people do fall into that pattern. And, you know, when you do have children, you start to put them in a in a position where they're number one. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, we spoke about this a little bit on the last podcast, your dad and I, that no matter what, your kids have to be second Absolutely. to your marriage. And we would have those conversations and like, we would have, I, I would ask like, let's plan a weekly date night, right? But it became this burden on me. So it was always come came back to that idea of like a partnership and like supporting each other growing each other and like being united. And Mm -hmm. that's ultimately what I'm looking for is like out in public, we are united. And then if we have any arguments, let's keep that at home and we can talk about and we can discuss and grow each other. But like, I want to be a united front. Right. And I never felt like we were, we never had that. Okay. Huh. So I'm sure looking back, you probably think there were so many red flags that, you know, you maybe ignored, you know, or just didn't give as much weight to. Yeah, I I know because I've been going to therapy to try to grow myself as a person because they do say that second marriage and third and subsequent marriages have even a higher divorce rate than first Well, we were just looking up the statistics and uh, first marriage in 2019 it was 42 to 50% end of divorce. Second marriages was 60% and third marriages was 73%, which, wow. Yeah. So I don't want to be part, right, part <laughs> right. of that statistic. So I need to know how I can learn and grow so that I do things differently. Because I do have a piece in all of, you know, of that marriage. I do take responsibility for my part in it. Um, and one of the things is, is that um, I've always had this tendency of always wanting a relationship, always wanting a guy around and, you know, where does that stem from? And so I've been learning and growing so that I'm not part of that statistic again. Right. Well, that's smart. And, you know, I think that anytime that you can grow as a person and do work on yourself, I mean, you're what is always the common denominator in every situation. So you know, none of us are without fault. Absolutely. So, um, so getting back to what you were saying, so you feel like at some point you would like to be married again? I would. Yeah. But I will be a lot more. I have selective. And I think that I know better of what makes, and I actually, I'm still learning, honestly, what makes a successful marriage relationship than I did in my early twenties. Um, you know, so the qualities I'm looking for in, like I said, I'm still even growing in that. Um, and each relationship I seem to come that I've had since my marriage, I've come away with, okay, that's what I was supposed to learn from that relationship. I needed to learn that about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I eventually someday I hope, but it's not something I have to have, just something I hope I have that partner to help grow each other someday. Sure. So um, what are the challenges then? You have two boys. They are active. Very active. Um, (laughs) Seven and five. uh, Yep. And almost six and eight. So yep, they're just a couple months away from that. Um, They 
My oldest has more behavior challenges, and my dad mentioned this in a podcast a couple episodes ago, I think, about how he dated somebody and he just couldn't do the relationship because of her, her child. Right. And I, I, that is, like, the biggest fear I have now. As a matter of fact, Drew and I used to, like, joke with each other when we were married about how we could never get divorced because nobody would want to be with us because he's yeah. such a handful. <laughs> um, so, and then as a principal, like you know, it dealing with those behaviors all day and trying to use those strategies at home and then they're not working. And it, I can, I can see where it would be very stressful. I can, it gets super stressful for me and I have to be there and you love them and I love them. Right. right. Unconditionally. Um, whereas this other person that's, that's not their body, they, you know, their blood, you know, that's not, they don't, they have a choice if they want right. to be part of that or not. Right. Um, so it is a fear of, my very active children um, influencing the relationship. So I try to keep them out of it as much as possible until um, I know if that person can kind of handle. And I, I, I tell them about and I talk about their behaviors, but it's, it's definitely a different thing until you see it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And so do you have a timeline for like how long you would be dating somebody before you would actually introduce them? So at the beginning, I did, I said six months, but like relationships ebb and flow so much and things come up. So to the boys, I have a lot of male friends and we've had a conversation. What's the difference between a friend and a boyfriend? And so they think that a boyfriend is somebody that you kiss. So, <laughs> um, so it, it really has ebbed and flowed and they see me hanging out with my guy friends. And so they don't know if somebody's more than a guy friend or not, they'll ask me and I'll just say, nope, he's one of my friends. And so it, once it crosses that affectionate line in front of them, that that needs to take a considerable amount of time. But otherwise, um, I just kind of, I have a frame of mind um, or a timeline in mind, but I kind of just see where the relationship is going. Okay. So um, do you then kind of wait to spend time with the people that you're dating depending on like your custody situation yeah so that is another very um interesting part of dating divorced with kids is like if you have it because typically now the guys have kids as well so what if you have kids on opposite like opposite weekends right right? because I get every other weekend um and then during the week I'm usually so busy that I don't really have time to date um, so it really is those that weekend time that I don't have them that I would maybe have time to date. Right. So if you have opposite weekends with your kids, literally that is a question that comes up almost immediately is when do you have your kids? And if it's opposite weekends, usually the conversation just fades because really when are you ever going to right. like make that work? <laughs> Especially because usually the timeline is within, you know, like three to six months of, you know, that you're going to have to be able to date without introducing the kids. Right. So that's a long time to be able to really get to know somebody if you have to get, you both have to get babysitters every time. And um, it just, it's much more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now you grew up with parents who were divorced, obviously, because I'm married to a dad. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that you learned anything by watching them or did that particular thing have an impact on you 
in where you would make a decision differently or do something differently? I do think that part of the reason why I've always had this issue with always wanting a guy around, uh, I'm, I'm confident in who I am, but it's another sense. It's like a, it's like a comfort blanket to have like a guy, right? Like Mm -hmm. as part of my life. Um, And I do think that comes back from like, my mom and dad divorcing and like we were not in this it's not like we were able to be in the same town all the time so I didn't get to have a relationship with my dad as much so I think that like and I've always been a daddy pleaser people say why are you a Dallas fan I'm a fanatic not quite to the (laughs) level of dad although I think it's borderline I think Um, you're pretty even (laughs) and you know they say why are you a Cowboy fan living in Wisconsin well I'm a Cowboy fan because that was the thing that dad and I connected on we could be thousands of miles apart, but I could call dad and talk to him about Dallas Cowboy football. So that was our common language. Right. And he got so proud of it. And I loved the feeling of dad, like, bragging to his friends about, like, guess what Heather can say? She knows every, 50, you know, 52 members of the Dallas Cowboy football team. She can recite them all. She, You know, <laughs> like, he took so much pride in it. And then right. in high school, I thought about being in the Marines because that's what dad wanted. It was making him so proud. And I realized luckily that that's what dad wanted not what I wanted right but it I've always had this sense of like I want to make my dad proud Mm -hmm. and so I think that that plays into because I've he's he was my he was my safety blanket Mm -hmm. you know he he gave me that sense of comfort and now that so that's played a part in like always wanting a guy around and so I think I wasn't as selective as I probably as I should have been right um and also just to see the qualities, like my therapist asked me, like, where, where did you get an idea of what a successful marriage is? Mm. Like, where, what, first, what's your idea of a successful marriage? And then where do you get that idea from? Like, mm-hmm. what example do you have to go off of? Right. And so that question was very difficult for me because... I don't, I don't know. Like it's different to like look from the outside in, but you don't, you don't see everything that's going on in that house, con, you know, 24 seven of how they're working through those problems. If you're live, if you're looking from the outside in, right. But when you live in that environment, you see, okay, they had a conflict and this is how they worked it out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is how they keep their marriage strong in terms of having date nights or like little things they do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that um, a lot of people go in one direction or the other. They either emulate what they have been around and what they see, or they do the opposite. And I mean, I grew up in a really like shitty situation with my parents, and I have actually went the other way where I literally try to do everything opposite. Mm-hmm. And I mean, lucky that it turned out that way, that my thought was always like, I'll never marry somebody like my dad. I'll never, you know, uh, I'll never do the things that I saw them do. And I would never allow someone to treat me the way that he treated my mother. How old are you when they divorced or they separated? Um, well, they separated several times, so I, at I the mean, end? I, at the very end, they didn't actually divorce until I was 19. Okay. My brother was nine. Yeah. So like my parents divorced when I was seven. And so I feel like I 
I didn't have an, I didn't learn enough from that because I wasn't old enough to like put all that together. Um, but I can, yeah, I can definitely see Cause I mean, the same thing that you, I do now as a teacher and a principal, right. I mm-hmm. emulate great teachers and I, the teachers that I really didn't like, I do the opposite or principals that I've had, I've done the opposite. Right. But of course, then I was old enough to like make those connections of, I don't want to do that, but I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I just think it when they divorced when I was so young, I didn't, I mean, I knew they fought a lot. So I knew I didn't want a relationship that fought a lot, but I, I am very much, I want somebody like my dad. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's, I think that's just embedded in who I am now as being, well, I can't hold that against you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 uniform comes up a lot, and just like some of the hobbies that they have, um, right? It's very funny? interesting. It yeah. is, mm-hmm. huh. and it's very important to me that Dad likes them, mm-hmm. even now, right? And he hasn't liked many at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he and I have pretty much. Um, Oh, we we had the same opinion. Yeah. So I feel like you know maybe he wasn't being hard on them. That it's it was just something no. that we saw that you couldn't see. Very much so. Um, and it's just interesting because it it is important to me. So it does play into it. Like if my dad doesn't like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's just I think that's pretty natural, wouldn't you say? I would I would say, people... but I put more emphasis on if dad likes them than if mom likes them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, do you think that your mom's an easier person to please? Yes. Yeah. So that would be part of it. That she, she's a go, she's more go with the flow. She likes, she doesn't, I think she's learned not to give me her opinion as much, whereas dad will just give it to me straight. And Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And whether you want it or not. Yeah. For, yeah, definitely. So do you think then that you, you, approached um making the decision to divorce or um the way that you're dating do you think that you've approached it differently because because of my parents divorcing yeah um I do so Drew used when we were divorcing said it's easier for you because you've lived through this you you know how to navigate this and I can see where he's saying what you're saying because nobody in his family has ever been ever um but honestly like it was a a decision that I had to make and because I also know it from the other side of being the kid in the divorce situation and how hard that is for a child Mm -hmm. so it was a balance of the two like I know what it's like to be a child going through divorce I know it's like to be the child when your parents fight all the time like we were doing so I think that it it has its pros and cons to being a piece of why I was able to finally say, I can't do this anymore. And by the time I had come to that decision and said, I just can't, it, I was done. Like I, I made the mental decision and I could, there was no going back. Right. So, um, and, and he wanted to, and I, you know, but I just, I may, when I make my decision, like it's done, it's done. Well, and the fact that you couldn't imagine, you know, that you didn't have any passion and that you could imagine him being with someone else and it didn't bother you, you kind of yeah. know that it's over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
that part of our relationship had ended quite a bit before. My sister actually used to say, Holly, she would say, Heather, you're such a cold-hearted bitch. She's like, he tries to come <laughs> up and give you hugs and be affectionate, and you just, like, shrug him off. It's because literally I would cringe when he would try to touch me. Like, yeah. it was just not – even, I mean, I remember you and Dad saying, like, you're not very affectionate. Right. But that was – a development that happened that wasn't from the beginning that was a development that happened because of all the stuff we had navigated and again we didn't navigate it through it together right. we navigated apart mm -hmm. and we tried I, I tried I think he tried a little and ultimately it came to that point where I, there was no fixing it for me right well and I'm sure he had his um he had his situations that he was in and the people around him that were married that he saw what they were doing and maybe he was trying to emulate what they were doing absolutely. whether that was successful or not absolutely because those are things that would come up in our arguments as well like why can't you be more like <laughs> I'm not this is this is me this is who I am right and I think that's another thing going into dating is I am just I'm my authentic self. This is me. And if you don't like it, then we don't have to date. It's like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm, this is me. I am sometimes loud. I can be goofy. I'm organized, but I tell it like it is a lot of the time. You're very type A. Yes. So, <laughs> but I can be a lot of fun and really, you know, like silly and passionate about things too. But you, this is, this is my package and it either works with you or it doesn't. Right. Well, and I mean, I think that the the great thing about going into a second marriage or a second, you know, I guess, strong relationship is that now you know who you are and you're not willing to bend and kind of placate to somebody else. It's so interesting because this is even something that I've, I, like I said, each relationship, every person I learned something more about myself and I recently have just learned like I have these set of values, right? And it's interesting which one of them kind of ranks higher and I I found out about myself. I'm willing to kind of like overlook some of those things that they don't have if they have this quality. Right. And which I think is healthy <laughs> to a point. I think it is to a point, but like these are my my non-negotiables. Like these are the things that like I know I need these in a oh, yeah. relationship okay. and I, and so it's been interesting to like realize about myself is you have a tendency to do this. Mm -hmm. And so you need to not do this anymore. Right. So I really try to take each relationship as like, okay, what can I learn from this? And not just relationship, but like, I'm, you know, I might go on a couple of dates with somebody, but I can learn, Oh, I am not with you because you're really good looking, but you have nothing else that are my non-negotiables, right? Right. You know, so being a big drinker, you cannot be a big drinker because I know I have like a natural tendency subconsciously to go towards people who are big drinkers. Mm -hmm. So like you were so good looking and I was overlooking how much you drank on our first date. That should have been a no brainer. Right. But it took me a couple more to realize, you know, so it, I'm learning a little bit about myself each time and trying to grow as a person to not repeat the same mistakes. Right. Well, I think, I, I think that that is very healthy. And I mean, really that is, 
the way to approach just about anything in life is, you know, we all learn different things about ourselves on a daily basis. And the great thing about doing this podcast for me has been how much research I've put into so many different things that now I've learned so much, you know, and even just like your dad and I have always been happy. We've always, you know, I think kind of come from the standpoint of like, I'll listen to you, you listen to me. And, but I think that we've learned so much, like, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus <laughs> and like the love languages and all that stuff. And even though we joke, it really has made a big difference in our marriage. Oh, and, I believe that. And I, it makes me believe that we're not going to be part of this statistic. Yeah. You know, honestly, like communication is the number one thing that you have to have because you have to be able to have that dialogue back and forth. So it's, I mean, the love languages, I read the book. And that's actually, if I'm starting to talk to somebody, um, obviously not the very first t- time I'm talking to them, but I bring it up. Like, have you have you looked at it? Have you done the quiz? And it's amazing, especially now into my 30s. And, you know, sometimes I am looking towards young 40s when I'm meeting guys um, that they have, that they have done the quiz or um, read they, the book. They know what it is. They know what it is. And mm-hmm. they, you know, I'll be like, so what is your love language? And not that it has to be the same, but just so that they understand that, like, people receive love differently and right and know that like quality time is an important thing to me mm-hmm. so if you're the kind of person that you don't really spend a lot of time with your significant other i.e my previous marriage right we're going to come to conflict because that's how I feel loved mm-hmm. um, and that's really important to me so that it those conversations and I really enjoy listening to the podcasts and especially around relationships and using it as like a discussion topic with somebody that I am going on dates with and like, (laughs) Hey, like, what do you think about this? It it's great conversation starters that lead to some nice in-depth conversations to kind of see, are we compatible on things that, you know, and can we communicate? Right. And do you have an issue with listening to my dad and his wife um, <laughs> talk about their sex life. We haven't gotten too <laughs> into those. Those are usually the ones we step away from. But I do Smart. know that just last week when you guys met um, Eric, who is the guy that I'm currently seeing, and um, we had just got done listening to the 36 Questions podcast. Yeah. And we, we had talked about in the car on the way to meet up with you guys about our perfect day. And we took it as our perfect day as like just us individually, not as a date as together, but like what, what do we, would we love to do it? Like our perfect day. Right. And, uh, he told me his, and I, you, I think you went to the bathroom and dad and I were talking about it. And so he looked at Eric and said, so what's your perfect day? And he didn't even hesitate. He said, um, shooting guns, sparring. Cause he's like into MMA, uh, a steak dinner and sex. And he like, I think it's because he had heard the podcast and knew that like you guys like broached that subject that he was like, I'm just going to go there. Like you just got to talk about it in your podcast. I'm going to go there too. Um, Oh, that's cute. I did miss that. (laughs) So yeah, no, I think the podcasts have been, and it like that's, I want to be able to have those conversations around, like that's another element of a relationship too. Like, you know, that being able to be comfortable with the person talking about those things. Sure. Well, and I think that for 
for myself. It has taken doing the research for the podcast to almost talk about the stuff or even realize that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, there might have been things that I just didn't even realize, like, we should be talking about this. Well, and that's, yeah. And I guess I'm not, I haven't, now that I haven't been in a serious relationship for a while now, like, we haven't gotten necessarily all there yet, you know, like right. we're still in the early stages any times, but, um, it's just more around when I was like, when I was married, I thought that the kids had taken my sex drive away. Like mm. I didn't think that that part of my body worked anymore. Right. Um, and so I realized afterwards, like, Oh no, that's definitely there. It's, it's just, just, I didn't have the desire to do that with him. And right. so now I, I'm doing the same kinds of things. Like what, who am I in that way? What do I like? Because right. I haven't explored that pretty much ever. Right. Cause in my twenties I was, that, that was kind of like, you didn't really like research that. Right. And then <laughs> I was married and not really wanting to do that. And then I came out, I was like, wow, I have all, like, they say in your thirties, like your sex drive as a woman really I increases. <laughs> and so like, I'm Oh, okay. So who am I now? And I had to, I've been having to figure that out and be comfortable with myself to do that research too. Right. Well, and I think too, that times have changed and that there are so many um, avenues of uh, learning about that, that, and that it's, it's a conversation. Right. It's not that nobody really ever talked about how women feel about sex before it right. was always like you know oh guys are just born dogs and they want it all the time yeah but like nobody really ever used to talk about women that, that girls way. want it a lot too right <laughs> just maybe once in a while you'd hear about you know some old 35 year old lady who's <laughs> got a crazy libido right <laughs> yeah so that's been a very interesting like exploration for myself but also knowing that it's important not especially when you're dating that that's not right away mm-hmm. because you have this high libido and like you, it might've been a really long time since you've done that, but that can quickly like skew the relationship is, do you sure. really like them like for who they are? And those critical elements that I say that I need to have in a relationship or has the sex kind of influenced that now? So right. keeping that out of it at first and then being able to have a conversation with somebody and say like, this isn't really on the table right now because I want to get to know you and I want you to like me for me and not because of that. Right. So, and sometimes that isn't <laughs> how they want to do it and that's okay. Cause this is the package and this is what you get. So. Right. Well, I think that's smart too, because there can be feelings that come up, you know, just when you sleep with somebody that you wouldn't normally have if you didn't. Right. So exactly. And it talks to their character if they're willing to say, like, no, yeah, that's fine. I want to get to know you. It, it kind of takes it in a different path, and that's the path I wanted to go on. Right. Um, and just for the record, we did like the last guy that we met. So um, <laughs> we'll see where that We'll see how that yeah. works out. We'll see how that one works out. I think it's only Ben, Drew, who I married, and then um, Eric, who we met last week. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, well, the, we met the one before this, too. Yeah, yeah, the dad did not like him. No. No. Agreed. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was a hard one. That was a hard one for me to, uh, eventually I saw it, too. 
Well, we gave it a couple chances. Yeah. But, um, well, this was really awesome to talk to you. And it's been a long time coming. I've had Holly on a couple <laughs> times, so. I just don't get down here a lot with the boys. Like, again, our the scheduling, you know, that's that's always. But we had to ship the boys away with John. They are currently at the Harley dealership picking out a helmet. Yes. So. Oh, and they love, they love gunny time. That's what they call my dad is gunny, gunny and Gigi. Um, <laughs> and they just, they love gunny and Gigi time. Oh, that's good. We're taking them to the movies later. So I'd give you a break. Yeah, you just a little <laughs> one. Yeah. Their dad is out of town. So I am 24 seven mom right now. And it's different after having two years of, you know, time to decompress without them, yeah. um, to go back to the 24 seven, no help. Yeah, that's not easy. No. <laughs> so not easy. I am grateful for a little reprieve. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me. I know you, everybody's a little nervous at first, but it's pretty smooth. It is. Most of the time. <laughs> thank you for having me on. It was fun. So you bet. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. And don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. I love it when you do that for me. Also, if you want to DM me on Instagram, you can. You can also email me at buttermepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, topic ideas, I'm here and open and willing, and I love to get your feedback. So thank you so much, and have a good day.